Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fat calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice. Because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life, he was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord.
the chapter begins with these words. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. And I wonder how many of our churches might be a little bit like that. The idea of welcoming sinners, that's our task. Of course, all of us are sinners, so we are partially right, perhaps. <laughs> but that's the job for us, to welcome sinners. Well, Jesus responds to the scribes and Pharisees with three stories, and they're very provocative stories. You can recall, I'm sure, the first is about the shepherd who leaves the 99 and looks for the one. And then when he finds that one, Rose and then the woman who has ten points and has lost one, and she turns the house upside down, looking everywhere for the point, the one point that not find. And she finds it, she throws a part. And then the parable of the man and the two sons, the one that I just read, where the son has wandered the inheritance, and finally realizes when he comes home and seeks to be received as the son again. Although he knows he's not worthy, the father is so delighted that he throws a party. Now, there is a theme running to that. <laughs> in throwing a party. <laughs> God is so happy when we come home that God throws a party. It's a great banquet. It's going to be laid out before us at some point. <laughs> Stories about a man with two sons. We can all find ourselves in different places in the story. 
But even though we might find ourselves in a lot of different places in that story, I want us to focus particularly on the forgiveness of the Father. I think it's so important for us to see that the Father had forgiven even before the Son had come to ask for forgiveness. The theologian Robert Capon uh, pointed this out and he said that forgiveness precedes confession. The Father had forgiven long before the Son came running back the long drive. The Father had forgiven, and the Father was willing to receive him back. This uh, past Sunday, a week ago, we were in Edward Harrison's church. Now, some of you remember Edward from his time here as an assistant at an early Indian Department's uh, time. And uh, we were in this church, in Christ Church in Coronado Island, a wonderful church. We had a wonderful time of worship with them. But one of the things that happened in that worship that surprised me that, that delighted me as well, was that after the celebration of the Eucharist, just before receiving communion, we said together the prayer of humble access. Now, some of you have probably never heard this prayer because it was most of you to the right one, or in 1928 term, it was written by Thomas Cranmer in 1548. It's been a part of all of our prayer books. But there's a place in that prayer that I think connects directly with what the story of the prophet's son is about. It goes like this. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord, whose property is always Always have mercy. That's the God who works. A God who always has mercy. And it's not about our being okay. It's not about our meeting all the rules and regulations. It's not about how we prepare ourselves as much as it is how God is prepared for us. In baptism, we are forgiven not just for the sins that we have committed. But for all the sins you will commit in the future, we are forgiven before, during, and after our sins. And the forgiveness comes for one reason. Because of the reconciling work of Christ. And nowhere is that more clearly stated than in the second lesson this morning from Second Corinthians. And in it it says, in Christ. God has, was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. I'll read it one more time. It's so important. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. That's why the image that we are given in the baptism of a baby is so important. Because a baby being baptized They can't prepare for it. They can't go to confession before they're baptized. They just are. And they're loved and forgiven by God. That's the image I think that we hold for ourselves. We can't make ourselves clean. But God can. And Christ has. So, as we come here to this uh, ending of the letter, I pray that for each of us, we have a 